You are now listening to a member of the Disney Podcast family. Head over to Disney Podcast family on Instagram to see all the latest posts for this show and links to other great Disney podcasts. Howdy, folks. Welcome to the Extra Magic Hour, brought to you by the Decast and the DizInsider.com. What do you get when you cross a former Disney cast member and a Disney superfan? You get the Extra Magic Hour, covering all things Disney parks, past, present, and future. Now hang on to them hats and glasses, because here's the wildest Disney parks podcast in the wilderness. Hey everyone, welcome. This is Sean and Brooke here with the Extra Magic Hour. We're the newest uh, Disney Parks podcast here, uh, brought to you by the D- by the Dcast and the Diz Insider. How's it going tonight, Brooke? I am awesome. How are you tonight? I am good. Good. Um, basically, what this podcast is going to be, we do have the Marvel Tribe right now, which is brand new. There's uh, two episodes of that so far. Also have the Dcast, which will be mostly on uh, Thursday mornings. That'll be coming out. This one will be coming out on Fridays. So we're going to cover all things. Disney parks, news, history, travel tips, anything you name it, we're going to get it out there for you. So what we first want to do is we're going to talk a little bit about ourselves and tell you kind of our stories. So Brooke, tell us your Disney kind of story, what got you into Disney, and then I'll go from there and we'll just see. Oh man, my Disney story. I think I've mentioned it on the podcast before when I did my uh, my first interview about a year ago with the main podcast, right. uh, but I like most of you listening, have always been a Disney kid. I grew up in Virginia, very close to where uh, Disney's America was supposed to be built. And my family every year would take me down, or multiple times a year sometimes, uh, would take me down to Walt Disney World in Florida. And it it's always been a part of my life. I went to the Disneyland Resort for the first time in 2007. I was 11 years old. Mm-hmm. And then as an adult, when I, uh, when I graduated high school, I kind of put off college for a while. And there was an audition notice on, on Facebook to be a dancer on the cruise ships. And oh, I was okay. like, oh, well, I... I kind of want to do that. And my mom was nice enough to take me down to North Hollywood to audition. I did not get it, but it kind of instilled that spark inside of me like, oh, I really have wanted to do this for a long time. Uh, Eventually, I moved down and got a job in Cafe Orleans in table service foods in Disneyland and was able to transfer over to entertainment. Nice. Yeah. I became an entertainment host. So the, the person that you see who helps form the lines for characters, who helps you with uh, making sure all of your autograph books and phones (laughs) are on and open and ready to go. Uh, And I also got to do some work in special events and with, um, with, why is my mind blanking right now? The Disney Youth Education Series, mm-hmm. where I taught physics in Disneyland and I taught about music to school groups in Disneyland. Just when they came in, you, when they came in, you would teach them, or uh, yeah, it depended on the time that they had reserved. But anyone from second through twelfth grade, 
uh, Girl Scout troops, homeschool groups, you name it. We, oh, that's cool. Yeah, we I were know that able was a program to, there. That's pretty cool. So many people don't understand that you can do so much more in Disneyland than you think in the Disneyland Resort. Right. Well, Disney World offers it as well, but those people are actual teachers, whereas our program uh, diversifies by bringing in people who work in different departments. Mm-hmm. And they they bring in their own knowledge. But it's amazing to teach someone about the physics of a ride and how our Imagineers make it possible. And then take them on that ride. Like, That's awesome. Surprise them with fast passes to go on. Uh, I left the company in 2018 to move back home to uh, to Oregon. And I was a little sad about that, but I'm in school right now to hopefully major in mechanical engineering. When this podcast drops, it's going to be my final. Oh, geez. <laughs> uh, so everyone be sending the positive vibes my way. Um, I'd like to major in mechanical engineering and one day become a Walt Disney Imagineer. Sweet. Like some of my friends. Right on. Yeah. So a little bit about me. Um, I've... I'm from Southern California, um, born and raised there till I was 30 years old. We moved up here to Oregon, um, met my wife in, in, uh, high school. Um, every Friday night we would go to Disneyland because back then it was like $20 a person. You can get in and go, we would go every Friday night. It was just our thing. It's Disney's always been a part of my family, you know, since back then we, we got married, went there to Disneyland on my honeymoon. So, mm-hmm. you know, now that we live up here in Oregon, we take the kids to, we take the kids every year. We're getting ready to go in a couple of weeks down again. Um, just like I said, to me, Disney is all about family. Seeing the expressions on my kids' faces the first time they go there, seeing my grandson's expression the first time. I'm a huge like historian. I love anything Walt Disney personally because he I just respect him, and you know mm-hmm. that's my kind of my story. I'm just a huge fan. I read the books, I follow the information, learn what I can about it, about when this came out and that came out, and just. Yeah, that's me. Yeah. So that's and for y'all at home who have not seen <laughs> Sean's house, oh my gosh! So I, I love all of the photos of your uh, your family on the wall. Um, I was just looking at an older framed photo on the coffee table of <laughs> two kids. One is in a stroll. I don't know specifically which children that's it is. That's my two oldest daughters. It that's is my oldest daughter. My younger daughter. Aww. With Donald Duck stealing them. Yeah, yes. Donald Duck is behind him. Pluto is there, and one's in a stroller, and there's the people mover in yeah. the background yeah. in Tomorrowland and Disneyland. I thought that was just so I totally cool. The people mover. You never went on the people mover, right? Uh, not in Disneyland. Right, but in Florida you did. Yes. Yeah. So a um, little bit more about you. Uh, two of your favorite attractions. I'll, you, uh, I'll let you pick two because it's hard to just pick one. Okay. <laughs> Um, I'm going to narrow it down to just Disneyland Park, but partially because of my love of Disney history and partially because my first job was working, er, my first job at Disney was working in New Orleans Square. I'm going to say Pirates and Mansion. Yep. Yep. Pirates and Mansion, both. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Mine would be uh, Pirates for sure, obviously, because... A little history-wise, that's the last attraction that uh, Walt himself worked on. It mm-hmm. opened opened right after he passed away, unfortunately. But uh, that one and then Thunder Mountain. Thunder Mountain is – that's our go-to every time we go there. When Phantasmic's going, the family's going to go on so Phantasmic over – I'm sorry. They're going to go on Thunder Mountain over and over and over. So that's that's my favorite. I don't know about you, but the story of Walt Disney 
um, right before he passed away, he was pushed through the attraction in a rolling yes, chair at the in speed. A chair. Yep. Uh, every time I go specifically past the pirate ship uh, battle scene, I always imagine Walt being pushed I can, in yeah, the chair. I couldn't, I, it's so hilarious to think about. To think that they just push him around and that they're just... <laughs> And he's, I don't like it, I like it, I like it, I don't like it. And then, and then from that attraction, all the stuff that was created with audio animatronics being that's the first audio, the first kind of audio animatronics and look where they're at now. So this all came from this guy's head or his people's head. So, yeah. So, yeah, it, they're absolutely love it. And then Thunder Mountain, I love what it is now. You know, we're going to talk about Thunder Mountain later. So, um, we're going to do a couple of different segments every week on this. One of them is going to be this week in Disney Parks history. And I had reached out to you and asked you if you could get the history because I was really busy at work this week. So I know you have some history we can talk about of stuff that happened this week. Oh, my goodness. Do I have Let's history for it. you? So when I first delved into this, I wanted to talk about, and I don't know if anyone listening has more concrete evidence about this, but I remember because tonight and tomorrow night, uh, Disneyland is hosting a special event called Sweetheart's Night After Hours. Uh, I always thought that was based on something they did in the 1950s and six, early 60s where they would have actual date nights at Disneyland. And I thought this in my head for the longest time. I go to do research and nothing comes up. I, I was doing research for one of the articles that I wrote on the Disney Insider. And I don't remember. I think it was about um, the one on the Matterhorn. And they talked about the, the hill that was there before they built the Matterhorn. I think it was called Holiday Hill. Mm-hmm. They would have like like moonlit walks on holiday Hill and you just sit out there and like watch the stars. I, I believe oh, there was some kind of events that you could go to in the fifties when the park had mm-hmm. just opened. So I, I do remember I've read something about that and it sounds like a, what a great idea. So, right. Yeah. Also in the fifties, you could probably see the stars right? from Disneyland. <laughs> uh, well this week in Disney parks history, I know we're going to delve into it a little bit more after this, but February 8th of 2001, originally known as Disney's California Adventure, the second Anaheim park and eighth theme park in the world for the company, was opened officially to the public, along with the downtown Disney District and the Grand Californian Hotel, in Eisner's efforts to make the resort a multi-day experience. And it, well done. It was, it's great. Mm-hmm. I, I, I love. I love also, it now. Oh, absolutely. The, <laughs> the changes that have been made to it now, I think, are a lot better. Uh, and speaking of which, uh, a year later on the day, February 8th of 2002, a Bugs Land and Tower of Terror are announced nope. to try and uh, drive up park attendance. Because when it first opened, it was not doing well. <laughs> oh, no. And I have the stats for that. Uh, February 9th of 1955, the Disneyland TV series aired a progress report where they showed park updates at for Disneyland as it was being built. I would have loved to have been been around back then just to just to watch that. And, yeah. Right. Um, there are some specials of the Disneyland on TV the Disney, series. On Disney Plus. Yeah, and I mean, I wish they were all on there. I remember uh, my mom and I. I took her to. Nope. This was not with my mom because it was backstage. I saw the Disneyland Tencennial episode. Mm-hmm. Um. Of the parks and being able to share the Tencennial stuff with 
with my mom and everything has been really cool. So I like that that one's on there, but I just want more of the Disneyland TV series episodes. Oh, absolutely. Um, February 13th of 1969, a recording session took place at the Walt Disney Productions for the highly anticipated Haunted Mansion to open in August. Now, this recording session consisted of uh, improvisation from Of the Grim Grinning Ghost, uh, recorded with soprano Luigi Norman and tenor Bill Reeves as what was described as hokey opera singers. <laughs> uh, I wrote down so many, but then I starred the ones that I really wanted to cover. Okay. Oh, a few days ago, February 10th in 1951, our beloved CEO Bob Iger was born. So he just <laughs> had birthday, a birthday. <laughs> um, February 8th of 1918... Another birthday, Imagineer, sculptor, and Disney legend Blaine Gibson. Now, Blaine Gibson did so much for the park, and for those unaware of who he is, you've seen his work. Uh, The Enchanted Tiki Room he sculpted for, The Haunted Mansion, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, the 1964 World's Fair, of course. Um, Great moments with Mr. Lincoln, the Hall of Presidents, and the Partner Statue. Oh, really? Yeah, I didn't know that. He made he designed it? Yeah. Oh, okay. I love mm-hmm. the partner statue. Right? A lot. Uh February twelfth of nineteen eighty-eight, Siegfried and Roy, world famous magicians, <laughs> made Sleeping Beauty Castle disappear. Really? Yeah. It was a part of a Disney TV series or a special on TV called Disney's Magic in the Magic Kingdom. I will have to look that up and see if there's video of that somewhere. I hope there's video <laughs> of it. Um, what else have we got? I think I went backwards on this. Uh, uh, February 13th of 2000, as part of the 45th anniversary of Disneyland, Disneyland introduces a new pin trading program. Can you imagine that? Trading pins. Yep. Zach, our unpaid intern, loves to trade pins. He's got a bunch of pins that he carries with him every year. Do you, Zach, do you have any like main series that you collect or characters you collect? He just buys whatever he likes. Oh, wait, Andy's Andy, here. Andy has an answer. Pin trading is crap right now in the parks. Come on. Yeah. Did you read our podcast review earlier? They said talk more about pin trading. Andy's helping Stop us out tonight since fakes. it's our first night. So Stop here. buying fake pens. Here's the issue I have. There's a lot of fake pens out there. People buy the packs like, oh, $20 for 50 pens from eBay. And then you go to all the pin boards and the lanyards are all fake pens. Because what happens is they get made in China and then someone steals the molds, remakes them. sells, And so you go and it used to be a long time ago, you get some great finds out there. Anytime I I, I try to like put good karma out there and put like good pins out there, I have like doubles up, they get eaten up immediately and then no one trades them anymore. It's just. Yeah, don't get me started on pin training in the park. <laughs> just saying. And then you, you let a cast member know, they just kind of go, eh, yeah, they're all fake. And just, well, nah. some... Okay, th- thank you, Andy. Some people, <laughs> some people went in like an hour before their shift to go up to the manager's office, which was all the way in the back on the second floor, to look for good pins for people. And then, not only that, but they took extras to hide in their pockets in case people traded fakes so they could trade them out and... There are people out there who still care, and what we need to do is just make people aware to not buy those pins on eBay and, you know, try and... 
be a part of the solution. And it's not like the, the same twenty pins too, like the same twenty pins. That's you true. See. I'm sick of seeing like, tracer pins. Yeah, exactly. Which are Thank you. which oh. are just the silver ones, the ones without color on yeah, them. I will, say, I will say my daughter. She she worked uh, on the college program at uh, in uh, in Florida. Oh yeah. And she uh, she was the line attendant for like the fireworks, and she also worked on the great mm-hmm. movie ride before it shut down. And she said the same thing that you said. In the back, they were taking the special pins and keeping them for themselves. She said, "Yeah, why would you do that?" So to talk more about pins. Real quick. I'm going to shut up after this. I swear. Okay. I want to do an oh, episode. I, meant that in a, a good way. I want to do a segment. Oh, with you I'm guys sorry. On how to how to spot fake pins. Yeah, that would be awesome. I know Sarah Sterling has another really good Sarah YouTube has, video. Sarah does it. Oh. I, I've learned a lot about pins from Sarah, like personally. So. Um, there's ways you, you look at the back, the, the texture, you drop it on a, a, a solid surface, the, the sound, everything. There's ways to find out. So I'm I learned a lot out. from that I'm gonna, video. I'm going to produce. Now. I, okay. I meant that in a, a good way, just so you know. I meant like I, I would go in like an hour early up to the manager's office and trade out all the ones I knew were fakes. We'd put them in a separate bin. I would get ones that I thought were good. I would get extras and put them in my pocket in case oh, uh, she, someone. She took it the other way. Oh, okay. So people there No, I meant shady, it in a good way. Florida. <laughs> Um, <laughs> uh, February 13th of 2004, Disneyland hosts a Friday the 13th uh, event to light up the Tower of Terror marquee, and oh. it included a screaming contest. Oh, jeez. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine just a screaming no. contest in the park? <laughs> um, it seems like it's like that all the time. Many people are screaming. So. Oh, man. I don't have any of my notes for... That's okay. February 14th. Oh, okay. I got one of my notes for February 14th. Uh, in 1969, the second Haunted Mansion recording session began, including Thurl Ravenscroft. Yes. And the five singers who went in to record were noted that they looked so good together singing as a group oh, wow. that they were cast as the singing bus, which would be filmed on February the 21st of that year. Oh, there you go. Mm-hmm. And one of those for a while, people thought one of them was Walt. And, but nope. Nope, it's nope. not Walt. Um, <laughs> in 1995, a couple got married on the Tower of Terror in Walt Disney World. <laughs> and then on February 14th of 2006, I know, what what better way to say till death do us part. Um, <laughs> in 2006, there was a groundbreaking ceremony for a new Tokyo Disneyland hotel in which Chip, Dale, Mickey, Donald and Goofy led a safety prayer for, oh, wow. the, for the workers who were about to build the hotel. Nice. I thought that was really interesting. So that is all of your This Week in Disney History stuff? This Week in Disney History. Cool. That's what it. we will do is we'll take a quick break for our sponsor, and we'll be right back. And we're back. So uh, thanks, Andy, for that great advertisement as usual. Um, You're welcome. <laughs> what we'll do now is we'll dive into what's happening right now at the Disney parks. Do you have any notes on that? Or we just can talk about a couple things. I I think we can just talk about yeah. a couple of things. Like, I know you've been talking to us all about how exciting you excited you are for the magic happens. Oh my goodness! Hate to tell you all, I'll be the first one to see it, but that's when I go in a couple weeks. I'm but, uh. so jealous. <laughs> so everyone, uh, the brand new Magic Happens it parade, looks amazing, which was teased at the D23 Expo this year. Uh, it opens on February 28th, and I'm so jealous that you're going to see this first. So, firstly, it has been a long time since Disneyland has gotten a new daytime parade. Right. We were, I mean, I loved Sensational, but we were like in... 14 years is how long it lasts? 
sensational was that long, wasn't it? It wasn't. They had it forever. I, it wasn't that long, but it felt like that. Don't long. get me wrong. It was a great. I loved that parade. I loved that one too. I made Minnie Mouse's sensational dress. I have a lot of good memories with that. But it was time yeah. for a new parade. Um, and the last year when they, when they moved the Pixar pal Pixar the Pixar parade. play yeah. parade, it was nice to see something different in Disneyland than just the sensational. Well, even still, Pixar play parade had been around for like right. basically just as long. Right. Um, the music is going to be, uh, in, in part created by Todrick Hall, who I'm a big fan of mm-hmm. his, um, the, the costumes and the costumes yeah. just look absolutely amazing. So as of yesterday, let me pull up the article. You know what the, what the theme of this parade is like, what, what it's about. So a video has been released on the Disney parks blog. Uh, as well as there was a invited sneak peek to the parade yesterday with show director Jordan Peterson and creative di- director David Duffy, uh, where the dancers of the opening unit got to showcase their outfits, they showcased or costumes, they mm-hmm. showcased the opening float. Mickey came out in his sorcerer costume and they did the choreography for the opening number. Now, no cameras were allowed right. at this event, but official press photos were released. We have that for you on the Decast yep. podcast on Instagram. And I don't know if you noticed this, but the show director commented on the post. Really? Yeah. On our post? On, on our post. So oh, wow. Jordan Peterson um, mentioned, uh, and I can't take credit for this phrase, I have an amazing, amazing friend who was chosen to be one of the 27 costumers for this parade uh, as part of the opening crew. And she gave me the phrase, avant-garde fashion show meets Disney, which is truly the feel of this parade. So he commented that he really thought that phrase hit the mark Wow! for that. That's cool. Uh, and then he also replied to a comment of mine on, on Facebook because I was asking a friend of mine who choreographed the piece. I really enjoyed the kind of um, contemporary hip hop yeah. style with that. So the opening unit was choreographed by Tessandra Chavez, and the rest of the parade was choreographed by Sarah Kobayashi okay. and Stephen. I should have practiced these names before <laughs> coming. Stephen Deshavi. So very excited I'm looking to see forward what they to have it. in store. But also this week at the parks, um, they have the Sweethearts Night. It's yeah. actually going on, it's a Wednesday night when we record this. So it's going to be, I think, Wednesday night and Thursday night this week is mm-hmm. the Sweethearts Night, which they just had last two weeks ago. I think they had the 80s night. Yes. So 80s night looked super fun. Yeah. Um, all I really know about Sweethearts Night is... A lot of pink and red. Yep, DJ Wendy Walker <laughs> is going to be DJing by the castle, I believe, uh, in in the Fantasyland area, and yeah, I know that it's lots of pink and red for normal guests visiting the park every day. They have all of the town square decorations with the giant Mickey and Minnie hearts and the hearts and the planters. I'm assuming there's going to be rare couples out. I didn't check Instagram before we started recording, but I assume there's going to be rare couples out for the event. And then throughout the whole month of there's February, a lot of couples out right there's now. been like, I want to say one 
rare or random couple every day. Mm-hmm. So we've seen my favorite, Megara and Hercules came out uh, for one of the days. Peter and Wendy were out Pocahontas one day. And John Smith. Polka and John Smith <laughs> were were out one of the days. Um, yeah. Oh, and Belle was out in her gold dress. Oh, okay. Uh, walking around Fantasyland with Beast. And when they do those events, since you've worked there, when they do those events, do they close? Do they close the park down for everyone else? Do they have to leave? Uh, yes. So with specially ticketed, specially ticketed events, they typically close the park early and they that would suck if you didn't know everyone you're, you're, out. Just tra- you're just traveling in there. I but. <laughs> always feel so bad for the people who don't know, who or are understand, like just yeah. tourists and they don't understand that sometimes the park closes. Um, I always hope that like with our podcasts, even though it would be people who already know a ton about Disney right. who'd be listening. I hope somehow we could like reach those kind of people and Don't let go them on know. These days. Please just check into. Because I think what it's from nine into. to one for from nine p.m. So they probably close at what eight. Yeah, they wow. they close super early. It happened all the time with uh, specifically Halloween parties. People didn't know that the park closed, and I'm like, I feel really bad about kicking you out. Also, so that's probably to. why they didn't do it on. Friday night as well, which is actually yeah. Valentine's Day because it's a Friday and they don't want to. That makes sense. Okay. And what other events are going on? We have then I think coming up in next month is the Villains Night. Oh yeah, Villains Night. I'm hoping to see really cool stuff from that. Uh, with the Oogie Boogie Bash this year, we mm-hmm. saw a lot of really cool villains and different ways to interact with villains that we haven't right. seen before. It'd be even cool if they brought out those stands and props that those words make it sound cheap. <laughs> um, if they brought out all of those incredible backdrops right. for the villains to meet guests with, um, cause I feel like there's a lot of potential for cool things that could happen with, with that event. And then like we've discussed on the decast, um, a couple of refurbishments going on right now. Uh, Haunted Mansion is closed right now. Yes. For, they don't know how long they're doing it. Mm-hmm. It's completely stripped right now. If it's paint, they're supposed to be repainting the whole thing. I don't know if they're doing the inside as well. I think just the outside right now. It's so weird to think about the Haunted Mansion as something that needs... To be repainted. To be repainted. <laughs> I agree. It, it's all purposeful. <clears throat> I understand that it takes a lot of thought and a lot of detail and right. work to keep an attraction that's as old as it is, over 50 years old... Right looking creepy and old but it really does when they when they were building that because when they built the haunted mansion it was stayed it sat there for years before they because they didn't know what they're going to do with it and walt always said he said um you take care he told the ghost take care of the inside and we'll take care of the outside and he always you know how he wanted everything to look perfect all the time so he said making sure the outside is always perfect that's probably why they're repainting it and i get it but i understand where you're coming from with why would you want to make something look fresh when it's supposed to be old but no i mean like i I understand that it, it takes work to make something look yeah, old. Yeah. It takes it to to keep it in good shape. And I feel like it takes even more work when it's supposed to have that story built in. Right. Uh, Snow White is also closed right now. They're doing the, they're de-scarifying it. They're not making it her mm-hmm. scary adventure anymore. Yeah. So my teddy bear, she's in the back right here. <laughs> Snowy, she loves scary things. That was her favorite ride of all time. She's very <laughs> sad about that. Um, I'm sure it's going to be kind of scary. I'm fine with it being de-scary 
or not scare de scarified. I listen to other podcasts. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's so scary. I've never really gotten the fact that it's scary or seen. Really, I'm terrified of it. I cannot open my eyes. Really? For me, it's the fact that you can reach out and touch the old hag. If she was far away enough (laughs) that she wouldn't be able to, but the fact that you can reach out and touch her, she's that close. Don't maybe, like it. Maybe they'll pull her away for you so you won't have to worry about it. Yeah. And then I know that they're uh, doing uh, the carousels being redone right now. Yeah. Looks like uh, they're redoing the roof. I'm not sure what they're doing on that, but that's kind of what's going on in the park. Do you have anything else that's going on in the park right now? There's the uh, Lunar New Year over in California Adventure. Lunar New Year just ended. Um, it's not going on anymore. So. <laughs> but it seemed to have been a successful run. I believe the next uh, food and wine, food and wine yep. is up next. Yep. Uh, I've never been there for that, and I'll actually be down there when that's going on. I'm excited about that, too, just to kind of mm-hmm. see that. Maybe I'll buy one of those cards where you can – they have those cards where you can yeah. stamp all the stuff. And those, we'll do that, Zach. Those ones always look good. Yeah, just say okay. <laughs> just say okay. <laughs> You're good. Um, well, I know Captain America's shield backdrop has been removed supposedly for refurbishment. I believe that – wait, is it the 12th today? It should have been back today. So if it's not back today, then – I don't know what happened. Uh, the uh, Hollywood Land backdrop, which covers the facade of the Hyperion, uh-huh. uh, that has scaffolding all over oh, wow. it. And I believe it's just getting a repaint, but people are also theorizing what might be happening. <laughs> um, oh, Skylar's on. Oh, hey, Skylar. Hey, Skylar. How you doing, buddy? Skylar's on Instagram. Skylar's ruler. Yeah. Head of the DisneySider.com. Uh, for... Anyone who doesn't watch our live broadcasts of recording the podcast on Instagram, I highly recommend it. You get to see our faces, <laughs> yay, and and you get to see the behind the scenes of how this stuff is made. That's right. Like right, like right now, Andy is actually editing the decast podcast that we just did a little about an hour ago. So yeah, yeah. Um, and then I I have a theory. Okay. Because uh, right now, um, Pixar's Onward is being shown a preview of in the Tomorrowland Theater, right. which is directly underneath Space Mountain. And Ian and Barley, the two main characters of Onward, uh, are uh, have gone to Pixar headquarters to meet with people. Uh, so I believe that they're probably going to be coming to the parks really soon. Yeah. What do that, you think? I agree. And that movie comes out, I think, beginning of March, right? Beginning of oh, middle of March. Yeah, I want to say. Uh, I want to say March. 12th? Is it March? I yeah, I think. Yeah, uh, I agree with you. I think they'll have the characters out there for sure. So, <clears throat> is that are we good with everything happening in the parks right now? What we'll do yeah. is we're going. We're going to have basically have like one topic of the week. We're going to talk about. They're going to. We had one in specific, but then we decided to change our mind at the last second. What we're going to talk about tonight is uh, since it is the. 19th anniversary of uh, Disney's California Adventure. We're going to talk about that kind of when it opened to how it is to how it is now, what we are expecting from it in, in the future coming. So, oh, by the way, <clears throat> uh, Onward is going to open on March 6th. March 6th. Okay, perfect. That's after. It's coming up. Okay, thanks. <laughs> I was asking about the price, Thank actually, you. everybody. No, that's coming. They're always talking about it. It's like the hot topic right now. So. And a hush fell over yeah. the crowd. We don't really want to make people mad. We'll talk about that before we talk about our last thing. But <laughs> right now we're talking about the Disney California Adventure. We'll just touch on it real quick. Um, I remember when this, it's kind of cool to remember when something opens. I don't remember when Disneyland opened because I wasn't alive yet. But it's kind of cool to remember when a theme park opened and you went down there and how 
crazy it's changed from when it opened to what it is now. And like I said, what it's going to be. So we were talking and you said, what should we um, talk about some things that are actually still there? And yeah. It I, opened with like, I think 15 to 20 attractions when it first opened. And there's only mm-hmm. three that are actually still there that are the same thing. Every A lot of things have been changed. So... Soren yeah. over California, which is coming back actually. It is. Um, yeah, Soren was there. Um, the Grizzly River Run is uh, one of the one of the remaining ones that's still there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jumping jellyfish, which I have to tell you, um, last time we were there last year, there was this lady on there, and I've never seen anyone so excited and scared. And if anyone's been on jumping jellyfish, you know, it just goes up about 30 feet and drops you down really, really slow. Even the cast members are so nice on the speaker with up, 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 and down. This, this poor lady screamed. You would have thought, ah. it, you would have thought she was on free fall at, at Magic Mountain. That's how oh crazy it was. And every time you'll go up, she'd go, ah, but just a blood curling scream. You could hear over at the swings and everything. So Jumping Jellyfish was one of the opening um, attractions that are still there. Um, the Golden Zephyr. Golden Zephyr was one of them. So those are the three attractions. The Animation Academy was still there, but it's different. Now. You, you said it was, it's different than it was now. I mean, very, very slightly. It's so funny to look back up in the uh, on all the shelves and see everything basically hasn't changed. All the stuffed animals are the yeah. same back there. The only thing that's really changed is you can't go through the same exit that you used to be able to go through into the Sorcerer's Workshop because of the Anna and Elsa meet, or the Zoetrobe was there right. with the Anna and Elsa meet and greet. And if anyone remembers the Zoetrobe, it was of uh, all these Toy Story characters and every minute or so it would or every few minutes uh it would start flashing with a strobe and go around and all the characters on it would be animated hmm. i always thought that was really really cool now you how old were you when that park opened uh, make me feel older 2000, right now. 2001 i was five or six years old okay do you remember going there when it was at that age well i was on the east coast oh, so i never went to Disneyland until I was 11 in 2007. So I still got Did you get the Malibu? The... Was the Malibuumer there still when you went? I believe the Malibuumer was still there. Yeah. I didn't ride it, yeah. but it was still there. Um yeah, but we were out of the bountiful bountiful Valley Farms era at that point. We had Tower of Terror right. at that point. Uh, that was my first ride on the Tower of Terror, too. Even though it was in Florida, I didn't ride it It's in different Florida in Florida, the, correct? Yeah, I like Florida's Do version you? better. The fifth dimension just literally adds a whole other dimension. You. Doesn't that kind of yes. move you towards it? And then it kind of does a show before the show, and mm-hmm. that's pretty cool. Which is a lot like Rise of the Resistance, I hear. And Rise of the Resistance built upon that idea. Oh, I'm so jealous you're going <laughs> to... Okay, so I'm going... Uh, down to SoCal the first weekend in April. And I thought to myself, well, I don't have to go to the Disney parks. I, I'm there <laughs> strictly because I'm seeing friends. I Well, because it's during school, so I only have a weekend. And <laughs> I'd rather spend time with my friends. Anyhow. This is Andy. But- I'm, giving, I'm giving her the weirdest <laughs> look because how do you- you live here in Southern Oregon. You, you go to Southern California. You at least get a day pass for one park. You go. You're down there. I'm sorry. I'll shut up. It's okay. Make sure you're there early to um, get your boarding group. 
Yeah. Um, but then I remembered that the new Magic Happens parade is going to be open, and uh, I haven't rode Rise of the Resistance yet, so I have to at least do that. Maybe maybe if I plan things well, I say this now, but it's not going to happen. Maybe I could just do like a half day and then do other things with my friends, but I, I've been to Disneyland so often, and I love it so much, but... There's I, no but. You can't say but. It's Disneyland. But true. Anyway, um, when so, you spend like I guess you work when there, you so spend three hundred so. days out of the year yeah, at okay. Disneyland for three years, okay. like you don't. It's not the same to you. No, it it's still amazing, and I still love it. But there are so many things that I look back in my journey in in SoCal that I didn't get to do right because I was spending every day every in day Disneyland. That I, that, that. that I still want to do those things as right. well. Um, so let's just talk about a couple of it because we're, we have a few more things to talk about. A couple of attractions that – how do you think they are compared – Like, so you said you've been on Tower of Terror. Yes. And um, it's obviously now Guardians of the Galaxy Mission mm-hmm. Breakout. Which ones? Um, which one do you like? You actually worked – didn't you work with Guardians of the Galaxy when it opened? So Yeah, so. I worked the media opening, uh, which was amazing. And once again, it was one of the things that inspired me to go into sure. – Imagineering, because there was a point where I was hosting Captain America and Spider-Man. And it's weird because at those events, like, no one really wants to meet characters. Mm -hmm. And so Spidey and I were just sort of walking, we weren't walking around. We were walking around our little quarantined area. uh, And uh, Joe Rohde was about 30 feet from us talking to some guests over a velvet rope. That's crazy. And the intensity in that man's face. If you've ever (laughs) seen his videos or anything, it was the same look and the way he looked at the attraction and talked about it. I couldn't really hear anything he was saying, but the passion in that man's voice and face was just incredible. Also, uh, Spider-Man told me he would pay me $20 if I could get Zoe Saldana to take a picture (laughs) with him. And how'd that go? I told Spidey, "Hey, <laughs> I love you, man, but I I don't want to get fired." Right. So, which do you prefer, Guardians or Tower of Terror? I'll That's, say Guardians. Guardians is probably is probably my third or fourth favorite attraction. In all the parts. Yeah, there, so. I I really love Guardians. I think both of them have their own individual place, specifically with Disneyland, because we don't have the. Fifth Dimension, and our Tower of Terror was purposefully built on a budget. Right. Uh, Tower It was built is, to say help save the park. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Tower is about being scared and the thrill of being scared. <clears throat> Guardians of the Galaxy is about having fun. Fun, absolutely, yeah. And all of the elements and details poured into that ride, mm-hmm. it, it feels like someone really cared, and it reminds me of the Summer of Heroes like, I, every I, time. So, um... And California Screaming versus Incredicoaster. Incredicoaster all the way. Absolutely. I, what a great overlay when they did that with the yeah. the cookie smells and the that Jack Jack in the tubes. What, that was probably one of the best things I think with the Pixar Pier that they that they did. Agreed. Only thing I wish, and I understand that weather plays a lot into it. I do kind of wish that the Incredibles figures on the inside of the tubes were. Audio animatronics, but that's a minor detail. I remember back when it was California Screamin', I would tell my mom, like, I really love that coaster. It's one of the smoothest coasters I've ever been on. But 
there's nothing that makes it distinctively Disney. Right. So it's just a really smooth that was roller brilliant. coaster. That was a brilliant overlay. So how did – I'm trying to think of the way to ask this question. What do you – with the, the – obviously the Avengers Campus is opening up this summer. Yeah. What would you like to see to go in the future for California Adventure to – it's so hard to to say, especially with the way that uh, theme parks in general are going into further and further into immersive experiences mm-hmm. and further and further into intellectual properties, which you might hear me abbreviate as IPs. Uh, people ask that a lot. So IPs is intellectual properties such as Pixar, Disney, Marvel, Star Wars. Right. Um, it's hard to say, but everything I've seen of California Adventure so far, I've liked more yeah. than the original. I so agree. I agree. I would say I'm looking forward to what they continue to do with Marvel. This yeah. the the stuff they're adding. They're adding their Spider Man attraction with this phase. Second phase of that, they're going to have a uh, um, Avengers mm-hmm. kind of you, you join the Avengers and fly with them in a Quinjet and it's supposed gonna... to be kind of like uh, the Pandora ride I believe to yeah. with the same kind of ride mechanism I am going to be a little sad to see that backstage area go right. but at the same time like you it, think the it red car trolley survives right now. You know, they got rid of the red car trolley newsboys and I'm still so upset that they got rid of that because of what it means for the story of Buena Vista Street. Right. It really helped tell that story. Uh, and I'm always here for more live performances, even more small entertainment. Because for a lot of people, that's the only time in their lives they might see sure. live entertainment like that. So I do feel like it might get the axe at some point, but I really hope that it doesn't. Especially with Walt being so motivated by modes of transportation, right. like trains. And that and, whole part of it uh, is his, the history of him and yeah, everything. So he literally walked off the, the trolley yep. to come I to California. I hope they keep it. I think they hope they keep that street like it is and never and don't touch it. But I would love for Marvel to take Marvel and Pixar taking over that whole yeah. park. I'd be fine Hollywood with it. Land, you can yeah. take it. Yep, yeah, I'd be fine with it. I'd be fine with I hate to say it, I'd be fine with the the frozen show to go away and maybe do like a Marvel kind of skit or something like that or like a, maybe even like a stunt show. I don't know if it's possible to put something like that in there, but yeah, I, like I would stage love, show or something. Do you remember Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark? Yeah. <laughs> that flop? Um, yeah, something like Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark. I'd love to see still live shows done in there, but all of Hollywood land is such underutilized space. Right. It's There's so, so much of it. So inefficient and we could be doing such a better job. I absolutely with that. agree. So we're going to go on to the dreaded topic that Andy was talking about. We're going to talk about the price increases. Now, this podcast is more of uh, West Coast, so we're going to talk more about, like you're going to hear us talk a lot more about Disneyland and California Adventure. We can touch on, we'll touch on something in Florida if it's going to be big, but uh, mm-hmm. we'll touch on the price increases for Disneyland Resort, and I have them right here. I'll kind of go through them. Now, we were talking earlier on the other show, um, last year when they raised the prices, they knew that galaxy's edge was opening so everything was about 25 percent increase and people just went through the roof disney's ripping us off and everything and everyone has to make money so i understand the uh, this year they did about a four to 13 percent price increase uh for example the uh this the socal select pass is nor- uh, was 399 now it's 419 not a huge increase uh the flex pass which was introduced last year which is the pass that goes 
from uh, Monday through Thursday are basically called good to go days. Mm -hmm. And then uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you basically kind of have to reserve or kind of like a lottery to see if you can are able to go those days. Yeah. So great for people who plan ahead. Exactly. Uh, that went from five nine nine to six four nine. So only a price increase of fifty dollars. The deluxe pass from seven twenty seven ninety nine to eight twenty nine. Signature Plus Pass went to a thir from thirteen ninety nine to fourteen forty nine, which that's the that's the highest that's the second highest tier at the mm -hmm. Disney parks. And then the Premier Pass, which uh, covers all eight, it is eight, correctly, it is eight, right? Eight theme parks. It, it's it, everything well, in Disney Florida World and, and everything here. in California. Went from $2,099 to $2,199. So it went up $100. So the biggest price increase of any of this was $100. And that pass, you know. So what are your thoughts on the price increase? We talked about it a little bit earlier. Yeah, we did touch on it a bit earlier. So, you know... This is the time of the year where all of this happens. It's very normal. Right. Uh, and this year wasn't as big of a price hike as last year, like you said. Um, I hate hearing people complain so much about it. I understand that it stinks. But supply and demand, if you think that it really is an outrageous <laughs> price, you don't have to spend right. your money on it. Well, you know you, you will. You don't. <laughs> That's true, but if you're going to complain about it, like you right. you don't have to spend your money on a Disney pass. I know um at the moment because I'm going to school, I don't have a job right now. Right. So, I don't have the money to invest in a Disney pass and you know, not a lot of people understand how privileged they are to be able to go to Disneyland. Um uh what else did I say? Uh, <laughs> I, I forgot what I said uh, prior. I made my um, – what's that? First world problem. First world problem. Yeah, well, that, <laughs> that's true. That was mostly yeah. you who brought that up. Um, and, and then the people who complain are usually the ones who renew their passes. Right. Um, I kind of yeah, – uh, it, It's sad, but it's a harsh reality. Oh, and they're usually the same people who say that they wish – the park was uncrowded the way it used to be. And if you wish that, that's kind of the only way we can get that without yep. having like a lottery system or people lining up at four in the morning. Right. Biggest, um, the one thing is there's daily, the daily passes went up. Yeah, pretty, that was really pr pretty, sad. Pretty drastically. So right now, if you go on, so they have different tier levels, uh, tier five to for a park hopper is $205. For for an Oof, adult, so that's for for a one day pass. But you can, I I think can't you take that money and put it towards an annual pass if you wanted to. You can, so but I think get the flex pass if you're going to go more than three times in a year. It's it's three or four times. It's I cheaper don't for you to think do that. those are the people who it will hit the hardest. Right. I think who it's going to hit the hardest are the tourists and no, the people uh, who uh, have no idea that right. this kind of pricing tier is a thing or how to go about that and I, once again i wish there were some way that we could communicate that to people who don't know but really just that there's nothing sure. we can do about that but uh i know the howard johnson anaheim hotel and all of the good neighbor hotels uh around the area pretty sure all the good neighbor hotels around the area uh are selling the old price day tickets for the next few days. Right. Um, when they posted, they said it was 10 days, and I think that was like three days ago. A couple ago. days ago, yeah. So, yeah. The biggest disappointment we discussed was the Max oh, Pass. I Max was Pass. so sad about 
about Max that. Pass is probably the greatest thing they have there. If you don't know what Max Pass is, look it up. It's basically you have a fast pass system in your phone. You can put your whole family in there and get them so all. So it's per person per day. Per person per day. Um, you not only are able to book all of your fast passes online instead of walking up to the kiosk in each land, uh, but you also get all of your photo pass photos that the professional photographers take on your phone, yes. free digital downloads, unlimited for 30 days. So when it opened, when, when they started the fast Max Pass a couple of years ago, it was $10 to start. Everyone's like, oh my God, it's, it's ridiculous. Amazing, amazing value. value. Last year with the big price increase, it went up to $15. This year it, it is now $20. <sighs> but they were smart because they announced that they're going to be adding a few more fast passes. Uh, they're going to add a fast That's pass true. to Autopia, which – Autopia lines are never really that long, but really, I always think that it's ridiculously long. Oh, really? Yeah. If I, if I look at, it, I, just, I don't, I don't like need to Auto- go on it if it's not. I'm so sorry, Bob Gurr. I love you so much. I'm not a big Autopia fan. I'm there with you on that, but um, also the Monsters Inc. ride over in California yep. Venture, they which is another one that's usually a 15, 20 minute wait. But I get they want to show a value, but the biggest one, a couple places are reporting um, that. Smuggler's, Smuggler's Run, Run is get, supposed to get it. That's worth $5 to me to go yeah. just, just for that because I can't wait to do that when we're there. And it's, it's such a good one. Yeah. Uh, back to the Monsters, Inc. thing. It's funny that it even needs a fast pass because if we go back to original California Adventure with the Superstar Limo days, right? they built that queue. The extended queue is built for like over an hour hour wait for that ride <laughs> right and it's all themed to pools not anymore but it Superstar was themed to limo. pools oof, oof. <laughs> um but that extended queue just sort of sits like a graveyard yeah, no that's, one that's, ever but, uses but it you can get a fast pass now though so you yeah that's true wait in that five minute line you can just walk right on so hey be fine. I'm, I'm cool with that <laughs> so that was the price increases everyone hates them but they're there, so deal with it. Yep. Like like Brooke said, if you don't want to, if you don't want to complain about it, don't go. But you know you'll be there in a couple months anyway because everyone loves Disneyland. And yeah, they're, and they're not going to they, say they're not going to go. You know so. what? Of all the theme parks, they do what they do the best, and they Absolutely. know it. So that value is included in there. We have about ten minutes left, so oh, um, man. what we're going to do every week is we're going to take two attractions, we're going to pit them against each other. One of them has to be completely destroyed, and the other one you can keep. So. Basically, this week we're going to start off, and um, we're going to do Space Mountain versus Big Thunder Mountain. One has to go, and the other one stays. So, I'll even go first this time. And I've told you all my one of my favorite yeah. attractions is Thunder Mountain. So, which I like Space Mountain, but it's I don't know, I, it's mm. it's dark for one. And we Andy's going to get mad. He's putting on his headphones. We've had this oh, discussion it's okay, before. Andy, I'll get you. I'll get you. <laughs> I absolutely love Thunder Mountain. I love the theming of it. I love. The story behind that, it was Tony Baxter's first reel, mm-hmm. and I'm a huge fan of his as well. It's his, his, it's his baby, his first big, his kind of swan song. This is my introduction into the Disney parks. Um, I love it. Space Mountain, it's a dark roller coaster that goes like 20 miles an hour. That's that's my opinion on that, and I'm sorry, but um, you're going to tell me something wrong. I think that I'm wrong. So it, It's okay. <laughs> We're all entitled to our own opinions, and I'm sorry to Tony Baxter because I really Oof. do respect – his work, and I think that Thunder Mountain plays a good job of being basically the only attraction in Frontierland. Um, <laughs> That's true. Well, you have the Mark Twain? Yeah, we do, but the Mark Twain <laughs> goes all the way around the yes. island. I 
I consider Tom Sawyer Island to be an offshoot. Anything that's on the river is like an offshoot. That's its own it's thing. I totally agree exactly. with you. Exactly. Right. Okay. So if we're just talking personal preference, as much as I love thunder, um, this is going to sound really weird. I think it's really loud and I know that's on purpose. <laughs> I know it's on purpose. All of those clacky noises are on purpose. Uh, but I'm not a... But I'm not a huge fan of the really loud noises in comparison uh, and the train whistle and everything. Um, I, you mentioned that you like going on it during Phantasmic. See, it's way I, better at night, fa- even though I've said, even though I said Space Mountain's a dark no, ride. No, <laughs> I, I think Thunder is better during the daytime. Really? Yep. Mm. I like it better during the daytime. Uh, the reason why I love Space Mountain. So, firstly. It was the very first fully enclosed roller coaster mm-hmm. in the United States. I believe that uh, Disneyland's uh, Space Mountain is much better than Walt Disney World's. I love the uh, side-by-side for for this attraction. I like how comfortable you feel. Also, if a cast member is being really, really, really nice, they can let you go on it more than once. Whereas Walt Disney World there's uh their ceiling comes so low that they cannot for safety reasons hmm. let people ride it more than once or else you'll be like decapitated also weird photo from the side anyhow that's Walt <laughs> Disney World's i love the way that disneyland's space mountain makes you feel so it opened in 1977 mm, the same time a specific space opera also <laughs> opened um i love the idea that you you feel like you've been transcended into space. This place that, unlike Big Thunder Mountain, is in our world. Right. We know it very well. Space is the final frontier. We don't know anything about it. I love that the soundtrack is very um, very fast and puts you in a very adventurous uh, idea. Um you know, um, and you say that it only goes about 25 miles an hour. You're right. But I love that in the dark, you, you don't feel faster. F- it feels so fast. And <clears throat> even a lot of it, because I've gotten to ride it with the lights on yeah. as well, uh, which was, it was at like 1.30 in the morning. I had an audition the next morning. That was a terrible idea. But <laughs> that aside, uh, the turns are banked so sharply that the centripetal force on you just pulls in a different way. And I really enjoy that feeling. I love seeing the stars. Um, And lastly, I have a really awesome uh, memory of Space Mountain. So my grandpa, who passed away in 2014, um... His last trip to Disneyland was with all of us. Um, It was my immediate family and my extended family went. And he was really old at the time. But he said, I want to go on Space Mountain with my grandkids. No, that's cool. And my aunts all freaked (laughs) out because he had heart conditions at this point. Oh, wow. And he he was... yeah, getting a little bit worse, but he was still mentally stable right. at this point. And 
there was a big half hour conversation of them like arguing what if grandpa dies on oh, this geez. attraction and that's a good way to go yeah and <laughs> that that was our last one was okay it's a good way to go yep. maybe we'll all get, and grandpa even said this maybe we'll all get free disney passes out of it and right. if that's the way i go then it is and we <laughs> we bought the picture it was so great and he had so much fun and all the grandkids thought it was the best thing in the that's world. Awesome. So that that's so space, another. So it's Space Mountain for you. Yeah, Thunder Space Mountain, Mountain for, me. for me. We have two other people here in the room. We, Andy, real quick, just yell. Space Mountain, Thunder Mountain. Oh, Space Mountain. Okay, oh, Zach. Which one goes? Which one goes? Oh, which one, oh no, 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 no. I'm sorry. Which one? Thunder what? Mountain, which one do you like better? I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> that's an interesting oh, that's why you get wow oh, okay that's why okay. you get mass, mass. <laughs> um okay wow okay. also uh good answer about <laughs> disneyland construction the uh fire escape for the space mountain queue has just been finished so i think there's reasons they're doing that we'll talk about that in another episode i i think, I think there's, so there's other reasons that 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 is being done. Supposedly, so. the quote-unquote fire escape right, has not. been I done. I think it's something else, and it, yeah, we'll test base on that in a future episode. With that being said, we're coming to the end. I want to thank you guys for listening to our first episode of the Extra Magic Hour. Brooke, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank and, you uh, as always, Sean. All right, and as every Disney employee says, hope you have a magical, magical day. day. Hey there, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Extra Magic Hour brought to you by the Decast and the DizInsider.com. For more podcasts and content, make sure you go to DizInsider.com, your number one source for all things Disney, Pixar, Marvel, and Star Wars, breaking news, and all that jazz. Also, if you want to hear more, go to anchor.fm slash the Decast or the Decast.net. Thanks for listening and have a magical day.